Welcome to the Thad Talk series on compassion. For this 10-week series, we have a variety of interviews lined up to challenge our perception on what compassion means in our lives today. I can't wait to introduce you to some wonderful people who have been an inspiration in my life, and they're going to share with us their wisdom on compassion when it comes to difficult topics and hard-to-have conversations. As humbly as I can say it, thank you for sharing your time with us, and may these unfolding conversations be an inspiration in your life. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Thad Talks. Today, I get to introduce you to Chelsea Nielsen, and this is going to be a bit of a unique conversation. Um, We're going to learn about uh, what does it mean to be a yachty and and how um, Chelsea has used her work uh, working with some of the, the, the wealthiest folks in the world and actually... Uh, staying grounded in this idea of abundance over scarcity. So uh, thank you for joining us today, Chelsea. Thanks so much for having me, Thad. I'm honored to be here. Well, can you start off by just explaining what being a yachty even means or what it entails? (laughs) Absolutely. So being a yachty basically just means that we work on super yachts private yachts, charter yachts. We are employees of a vessel. So we are maritime. We work on the sea. And it's a pretty specific niche. You told me some of the things that kind of surprised me about, you know, when I think of Yachty, I'm thinking like, you know, cocktails and sunny skies, right? Can you even go into some of the training and everything you had to do to be able to work on a super yacht? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we're out in the middle of the ocean and somebody starts choking on their dinner or if the galley all of a sudden goes up in flames or what happened on board my boat, we were lucky enough to have a spa with a sauna in it and someone had put a wooden bucket onto the coals in the sauna and it went up in flames. That was pretty scary. But you know, we are the first responders. We can't call 911 and have a fire truck show up and an ambulance show up to help save the day. So that's sort of part of the training that you have to get into. Your your STCW is sort of the initial, it's a week-long training where, I mean, we gear up in fire gear and we go into a burning building. Of course, it's a it's a designed training facility, but it's real fire and it's really burning. It's hot as heck. So it's, it's a really cool experience. And on top of that, you know, if you were to ever lose the vessel, how do you survive if it's man overboard or if it's, I mean, I hate to even say it cause it's just, ugh, it scares the crap out of me. <laughs> but if you were to be in one of those rescue boats, I mean, how do you boost morale? How do you how do you survive? You have to know how to survive. So, and on top of that, it's a very demanding job. So you're on a moving platform. It's very easy for someone to trip and fall, to break a bone, to get a finger wrapped up in a line and cut off. I mean, it, it can get quite gruesome. But you have to know what to do, at least in order to keep the crew and your guests safe, comfortable, and then, of course, in the case of an emergency, stable until we can get to land or hopefully if it's more dire, a helicopter can come save the day. So, And now you have, in essence, traveled the world to some I, extent? Yeah, I have. I've had the opportunity to see the world from private super yachts, which is really incredible. I've gone 
as far south as the Panama Canal and west up the coast of Mexico, up to California, and also have been across the Atlantic Ocean three times now. And that's pretty cool, going across the ocean on a boat. And we went as far north as Norway, through the fjords of Norway, and of course, all through the Mediterranean. Mm. And now, what would you say was probably one of the most unique experiences that you've had in Mm. doing all this travel? Oh, there's so many amazing ones. But the first one that always comes to mind is when we were in Norway I have the unique skill, in addition to being um, a yachting stewardess, I am also a yoga teacher. So I have the opportunity to teach yoga to not only crew, but also guests. And teaching in the fjords, we have this side of the boat, sort of off the starboard side of the boat, off of like one of the gyms. There was a, essentially the side of the boat, the wall came down into a swim platform, sort of down on hydraulics. And the water was so calm. We we got to do yoga right there. It basically felt like we were floating on the water in the fjords of Norway right as it was turning summertime. So waterfalls from the peaks of the ice caps were just coming down everywhere. It was the most surreal, energetic uh, experience of my life. I don't know. The power of Mother Nature is incredible. And when you're totally immersed in it like that, floating on glassy water, it it was really neat. <laughs> well, it's 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 definitely um, like I said, it's a, a unique conversation or position that you were in because you know, for a lot of uh, a lot of the folks may not even ever get to travel much outside of their state or the country for that matter, let alone ever touch anything remotely close to the wealth Mm. um, that a super yacht would entail and so part of part of my draw to our conversations and and why i'm excited to to kind of share this podcast and and part of this story with the world is because we would look at this and go you, you know like almost with a snobby nose and i think through some of our conversations it's been really beautiful to hear of the ways that you bring um almost reality in, into into this into this equation and so i i would love to start with just your story of what actually led you up to joining a yachting like how did you get to this point and then and then just kind of dive into some of the topics that you shared with me like the abundance over scarcity that uh, that you've learned along the way absolutely well i think it's important to sort of preface With a little bit of background, um, I grew up with a single mom and a younger brother. My father left when we were 10 and 12, and my mom had to file bankruptcy. We lost our home. It was definitely a time reflecting back now that was extremely traumatic for all of us. And being 12 years old, I, I remember it, but I think I've also blocked a lot of it out, and I didn't exactly know what was happening. Fast forward to three years ago, <laughs> and all the things that happened in between then and now, <laughs> um, I had been happily married for quite a while. My ex-husband and I got married in 2010, and in 2015, we decided with lots of love to go our separate ways. Um, luckily for us, we didn't have any children, we didn't own anything. So it was 
a relatively amicable and logistically speaking, easy divorce. Now, that being said, um, if anyone has experienced divorce in their life, whether it's their parents or themselves or seen anyone they love go through the experience, it is also traumatic. (laughs) So at this time in my life, there was a lot of emotions coming up around letting go of the story that I had written in my mind about what my life was going to look like, which was a huge process of shedding and letting go what I thought I knew to be true and how I defined myself and how I related to the world around me. And now that all came crashing down and I had to rewrite that story. And it wasn't just a new chapter. It was, I was ready for a whole new book. So I, at that point, was sort of going through the process of healing and letting a lot of these childhood traumas come and come up, which was actually a beautiful process of going through my own divorce and then witnessing in myself how I really had not worked through a lot of the pains of my childhood. So this was a really deep time of self-reflection and healing and just allowing myself to, as I like to say, feel all the feels, really. And Thank God I was supported by friends, by family, by coaches and teachers. And oh, it's hard not to get emotional to think, uh, thinking about that time because I had so much love in my life that it was impossible to not feel like it was just a part of the journey. So girlfriend of mine who was teaching yoga, I was teaching yoga full time at the studio in Charleston, South Carolina, where I had lived for 11 years at this point. I uh, had moved to Charleston from Rhode Island in 2004. I went to college there and I never left. I absolutely love that city and everything that it's about. So, of course, teaching yoga there was a perfect opportunity for me to just immerse myself amongst all of these healers and lightworkers. So during a very dark time in my life, it was awesome. Girlfriend of mine who was teaching yoga full time as well at the studio that I was teaching at had been in yachting for many, many years throughout her 20s. At this point, she had left. She met her husband in yachting as well. And they were now in Charleston. And she looked at me one day and she said, you know, what are you, what are you going to do, Charles? Like, what, is, what are you, you going to do now? I'm like, heck, I don't know. <laughs> you have the answer for me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she kind of did. She at least planted the seed of yachting in me. And I had always kind of been curious about this side of her. She has a blog and I sort of read about this lifestyle that I'd never heard about, heard about before. And I mean, it literally came to me just like a lightning bolt. I don't know how much longer later, probably not much longer driving on the way to the studio. I mean, I don't know whatever words you would like to use for your faith, whether it be universe or spirit or God literally just came to me in my head and said, you need to move on a boat. So I called my friend Amanda right away and I said, I need to move on a boat. I remember I actually pulled over to like look through my phone to make sure that I had her phone number because I was so overwhelmed by this urgent need to contact her again and ask her help to help me get into yachting. And she said, well, there's three things that I'm going to ask you. And this is basically going to be make or break. And she said, number one, there's about a thousand dollar investment in your courses And you have to go down to Fort Lauderdale to do the schooling and you have to pass basically it's called an ENG one. It's a physical exam. 
And I said, okay, a thousand bucks, I can do that. You know, no big deal, which thank God, because I had also been a bartender for a long time. So for many, many people, a thousand dollar investment is, is not possible. So I was very grateful for that. She said, number two, you have to move on board with one suitcase. And I thought, hmm, I'd like to think that I traveled lightly, but in reality, I just don't. <laughs> I've gotten much better at, uh, of it, about it now. After three years of living out of a suitcase, it's a heavy burden to have to carry a big, heavy suitcase. But So I thought, okay, what am I going to do with all my stuff? At this point, I had a fully furnished apartment. I had a cat. I mean, like, what, how, how can I do this? But that's, I, I can figure that out. She said, number three, you have to commit at least a year of your life. And I thought, ooh. Okay, but what about my commitments? What about my family? What about everything that I, again, know to be true in my life? And I just, I sort of let those three questions settle. And I mean, it was sort of a no-brainer. I, I, I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose. And I am ready. And a student came up to me and said, why, why are you doing this, Chelsea? Like, we're going to miss you so much. I just don't understand. You're so immersed in, in our community here. And I said, I said, I'm ready to be uncomfortable. As if going through a divorce wasn't uncomfortable enough. Go figure, right? But I, I was ready to be uncomfortable. Because being in Charleston after 11 years, it was cushy. I was comfortable. I, I had a schedule. I had a community. I had friends. And it just, it was time. It was time for more for myself. So I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to teach yoga and I wanted to make a crap ton of money doing it. And yachting checked off all of those boxes for me. You know, we could, we could do an entire podcast just on, on what it would be like to pack your life up in your suitcase, right? We <laughs> yeah. have so much of us, we just, we just define our entire lives by so much junk. Uh-huh. And then we think if we lose it, that you know, we lose ourselves and, and that's scary, but I have to imagine some aspects of her incredibly freeing, right? Oh, you have no idea. I had a friend of mine who was also pivotal in my healing at the time. He came to me and he said, Charles, have you ever heard of uh, minimalism? And I said, yeah, yes. I mean, I've heard of it, but I don't really know like what that means. And he sent me some books and some blogs and I thought, okay, you know, this is sort of going to happen naturally anyway. And it's amazing that the transformation that happens once we start to really dig deep and realize our own worth without any external environmental stimulation, right? We really start to understand. I mean, and you know, we could talk till our faces turn blue and we can look at Buddhists and see like a super simple life and just the happiest men in the world. But really until you put it into practice, you don't feel it in your gut. That sense of self-worth, that sense of I am enough. I am more than enough. I am truly abundant. And I don't need a bunch of things to remind me of that. And you know, the process for me is, I mean, it's been three years in the making. So trust me, it's not, it's not that simple. (laughs) I didn't figure it all out in a month. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sort of peeling back the layers of the onion to get down to that little pearl that we all know is deep down in there. But until we go through the process ourselves, it's hard to not define our worth by what we have so been trained to define it by. 
how shiny is my car and how expensive is my handbag and you know how do i present myself to the world and how does that define me as a person well i don't know that it does <laughs> really there's so much more to us than that well and you said to me you know i want i want to read this quote from from what i wrote down from the very first time that we talked because you tied this in so beautifully with this notion of of you said i need to be uncomfortable mm. and 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 that's been actually part of my practice for the past year is everything that comes up that makes my stomach churn i go okay this is something i need to say yes to because it's making me really uncomfortable right now and i really want to know why because that fear is is controlling me so leaning into that to that discomfort you you said to me i didn't have a map of who i was so i had to shed layers of who i wasn't to discover who I am. Absolutely. Ooh, I get chills. <laughs> like that belongs on a bumper sticker <laughs> or a t-shirt, maybe both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so true, right? We, we create these, or, you know, we pick up beliefs along the way from our good intentioned teachers and parents and guidance counselors and, you know, they set this path of what our life should look like, could look like, what they want it to look like, and our beliefs, our values, our spirituality, it 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 all formulates throughout the course of our lives. And then, you know, we hit this precipice in life where we just realize that things aren't working anymore. <laughs> Like there's certain beliefs that I have carried for so long just because I thought that's what I quote unquote should be doing. And then I start mm -hmm. shooting all over myself all over yes. again. <laughs> and then I realize that's not in alignment anymore with who I am becoming and who I really am. That was the story that I created to hide myself or to believe that I am good enough for love. You know, I'm good enough or I'm working hard enough. I believed forever I have to work really hard in order to be abundant and financially stable. That's a bunch of bull. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be hard. And it was that belief, breaking down those beliefs that are not me to then reveal and shedding and letting go of what isn't me to then allow myself to reveal and and you can only really do this through a sense of vulnerability. I mean, you and I chatted about Brene Brown. I mean, power to that woman because it is so true what she says that shame cannot exist when vulnerability is met with empathy. When we are vulnerable and we allow ourselves to unfurl, shed these like really heavy beliefs and layers of ourselves that we have piled on for years and years to look like we're something other than what we are because we want to portray that out to the world that we're some like, you know, super person, <laughs> you know, our best self basically. But what's ironic is that our best self is actually when we take all of those layers off, but we don't feel comfortable taking off that armor until we can be vulnerable. And when we are vulnerable with each other and we can share our stories with empath empathy, we meet each other with empathy then we can no longer feel shameful of these 
hidden beliefs or our experiences actually that might have formed these beliefs that are no longer working for us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're, we're going from this notion. And I love the phrase because I never heard it before. Shooting all over yourself. Um, that probably deserves to be a book title. Um, if, if, if you're coming from this notion of, okay, these things, my wealth, my belongings, um, what other people expect or believe, or, you know, these shoulds and oughts of my life do not define me. They are, they are not who I am. And you're talking about peeling back these layers to get down to that pearl of who you really are. How can you then conceivably get that while you are simultaneously working with the wealthiest people in the world where we would perceive almost all of worth and value being defined by everything you're talking about losing? Can you, can you take us through this idea of abundance over scarcity. Absolutely. So it's funny when I, when I stepped onto that first yacht, I mean, my jaw dropped down to the ground. It was a three, 312 foot luxury super yacht. And just a Sunday, just just a weekender, no big deal. (laughs) I mean, five-star luxury hotel floating on the water with all, I mean, every bell and whistle and plated gold and tobacco-leafed walls. And I mean, you name it, (laughs) and we had it. But when it comes down to it, right, we all pain the same. We all feel the experiences of life exactly the same way. And I feel blessed in that when I had to step up and then be of service for many of our guests and had to break it down into a very intimate situation of teaching yoga to them, I dropped right into that true self of me because as a teacher, All we're doing is holding space for somebody else's experience. So who am I to project my visions of what it might be like to be worth $6 billion and my assumptions based on if I was, how that person might interact with themselves and the world world around them? Who, Who am I to project those things onto somebody when they come to me and say, I'm ready to be uncomfortable? Right? Whether they realize it or not, when you step onto a yoga mat, I mean, you might know somewhere in the back of your mind that it might get a little uncomfortable, but there are so many more layers to the work that happens on a yoga mat. So holding that space for somebody's process, I mean, it just we, we drop right into a space where truly nothing else matters. And then we bring it all back to gratitude because then, you know, after an hour, we open our eyes and we look around and we're like, whoa, (laughs) what just happened? And now look at where we are. Look at this view. Look at this place. Like, let's bring gratitude to all of this and dropping someone into their heart and soul and meeting them there is really a magical experience. And, you know, you and I also talked a lot about 
what it means to be grieving or what it means to be going through what I call the trenches of life. And oftentimes we've put such a shield up, like we talked about, to protect ourselves from other people seeing this weakness of ours, this grief or pain, whatever we may be feeling. When you get down in the trenches with them, nothing else matters. Circling it all back around to coming from this sense of abundance versus scarcity, I think it's important to you know understand what the word abundance means. And I, I mean, I have to Google the definition of it. I mean, my definition of it <laughs> is, you know, what what does it mean to be able to look around and want to give more beauty as opposed to hoard it all for yourself, right? There's like some super corny sort of quotes that I love, but you know, one candle doesn't dim its light to make the next candle feel better, right? If anything, the brighter that candle shines, maybe it can then share its light and together collectively, these two candles can illuminate even more light. Same thing Mm. with a flower, right? A flower, I mean, it's a little bit different, but a flower doesn't not bloom to its fullest potential out of fear that it's going to make the flower next to it more ugly or less beautiful, right? It's together, they collectively create even more beauty. That to me is abundance. So in in a very (laughs) abstract sort of way. I've never seen anybody look upon a field of flowers and go, "Mm, that's just that's just too many flowers, too much beauty going on there. Exactly. Now, I saw this great meme the other day. I should pull it up. And it was basically just a list of a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. And a couple of examples that really stuck out for me. You know, If you are coming from a baseline of abundance, you want to share your wisdom. And of course, I'm not talking about over giving to the point where your cup is empty and you're not reaping any rewards because we can only give from a full cup. You know, you can't pour water from an empty cup. You got to fill your own cup first and then give from the overflow. So that's a little bit of a different conversation. But if you're coming from the mindset that your cup is full and you want to give all of the overflow that you can versus there's not enough to go around. I can't, I can't tell you my secrets because then the word might get out and then I might be out of a job. We need to stop being afraid that if we fulfill our fullest potential, that it's going to take away from somebody else. Or if somebody else fulfills their fullest potential, that means I will never succeed. That sort of compare and despair, right? I'm going down this compare and despair spiral. And we often do it on social media. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, and this is an active practice, how many times I have mindlessly scrolled through Instagram and looked at all of these coaches and all of these teachers that are doing all the things. And I'm over here like, well, (laughs) I think that is something we can easily all relate to just looking at everybody else and saying, "Mm, either they're better than me or they're worse than me or look at what they have or why don't I have that or whatever it is. Um, Instead of 
just getting back to this notion that you're talking about, I think and you just put it so beautifully. Am I actually coming and engaging my relationships and, and, and my worth and my life from a place of scarcity or am I engaging it from a place of abundance that actually I have more to give than I need to take? Absolutely. And, you know, one, I think, perfect example and something that I have worked with in my own life and have seen from other people is just, I mean, take one emotion like jealousy, right? When, now I'm not talking when someone is like wronging somebody else, you know, for example, in a relationship, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about as far as career wise or, you know, when somebody is holding themselves to their best self, it can be easy to feel your own shadows and darkness be reflective of that, right? So if I see someone who is like, I don't know, top of their game, I mean, say for example, I'm, I'm wanting to compete in a fitness competition, right? And I see someone who's won all the competitions and they're so disciplined and they're doing all the right things and checking off all the lists. It's easy for me to look at myself and say, I'm not doing enough. I feel jealous of that person. And then I go down this spiral of like jealousy and fear, but really it has nothing to do with that person, which we often blame the external person for our own insecurities and jealousy, right? Like, Ooh, there you go again, succeeding. This is your fault. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When in reality, it's 100% a reflection of my own darkness, my own shadows and where I am feeling it inadequate because I know that I'm not being my true self first and foremost to myself. So then therefore I'm feeling I'm it's what's coming across in the form of jealousy is actually scarcity. Mm. there's not enough to go around I can't share all the secrets this is hush hush you know I mean I've had people say it to me even in being outspoken about the yachting industry if you know it's oh you're giving away too much information about yachting what the appeal of the industry is is the fact that it's it's a mystery and I'm like what no it's not (laughs) no it ain't as we say down south ever heard of google exactly (laughs) like that does not even cross my mind like for me i've been able to explore the world on this amazing journey of course with a lot of hard work put into it so not to discredit the hard work that it takes but for me I I would be doing the world a disservice if I didn't teach people how to experience the same thing that I had, to not to mm. help people on this journey if it's something that they want to go on. If someone comes to me and says, how do I get into yachting? I mean, shoot, at this point, I've copy and pasted just the same email with literally the one, two, three steps on how to do it. I did a IGTV free thing last week because... Again, it would be wrong of me to not share this world that I have benefited so much from. And there's so much more to go around. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I think I, I think that is something, you, you know, as a takeaway for, for all of us who are listening to this, of, of this notion of if you have benefited from whatever it is in your life that that the topic is, whether it's yachting, your job, or yoga, or your faith, or wh- mm-hmm. whatever it is that you have benefited from, somebody played a part in sharing that with you. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. What does that look like when you then try to withhold that mm-hmm. from from sharing that back in your community? I love to think of it as the pay it forward, and it's always at a coffee shop because it's a very safe. We can all do three dollars, and it's not a big risk. And so we we go to the coffee, and everybody pays it forward, and somebody inevitably always stops the line and says, "Nope." the person next to me doesn't deserve this. And I think I'm speaking about this as obviously the grander metaphor of life and everything that we possess. And at some point we decide I'm boxing it in my bank account, my four walls of my house and my relationships and my family and sorry for the rest of the world. You should have worked harder. (laughs) I mean, it makes me laugh out loud because I mean, I swear I say this because I have been there. I mean, this is a very real fear and I am by no means trying to shame anyone who has experienced that in their life because we are raised to feel that way. I mean, look at our culture, look at our society, especially in the United States, the Western world. I mean, our grandparents went through great depressions. Mm. I mean, that is trauma that carries down through generations and those belief systems have been carried through. And now I, I truly believe that there is a shift happening, you know, and depending on who you talk to, they'll call it something different. But ultimately speaking, you know, as light workers, as people, warriors for the soul, like we are collectively trying to change the vibration, to raise the vibration of this sort of scarcity. I went through the Great Depression mindset, you know, because all of those beliefs, again, they came from good intentions. So if you've ever felt that in your life, that's okay. (laughs) You probably believed it or picked up on that belief somewhere along the way that there's not enough. And trust me, coming from a single mom who had to buy bags of 50 pound bags of potatoes and buy that in the fall and let that last through the whole winter and get real creative how to make potatoes because that's all she could afford. I mean, I know what it's like to feel like there's not enough to go around. Like, where's my piece of the pie? You know, mm. How come all these other people are having all this success? And then it sort of just becomes this, well, that's not for me, I guess. I guess for me in this lifetime, I have to work really hard to make ends meet. And then there's still not going to be enough at the end of the day. There's not enough time. There's not enough money. There's not enough love. There's just not enough. I'm feeling completely depleted and tired and empty. And I'm working my tush off. So like, why wouldn't I want to box it away in the bank account? Like, I, I can't give. I have nothing to give. I'm empty. And that's where we circle it all back around and we start to do the real work. And we say, okay, there's something much more going on here than just monetary wealth or managing time here, right? There are deep-rooted beliefs and systems that you have picked up along the way. There are traumas that you have experienced in your life that you are trying to manage as best you can with the tools that you uniquely have been given in this life. Let's look at that. Let's see how that is affecting your relationship with yourself and with the world around you. Let's maybe throw a few new tools in the toolbox and maybe throw away some of the old ones. Right? We can't move in a new couch into our living room until we get rid of the old. It's where the real work happens. 
and how we really shift around to letting go of some of that guilt and shame for feeling like, ooh, I, I need to box this up because not enough go around and I am afraid and shaking in the corner and I don't know how to get out of it. It's real and not impossible to come out to the other side. Really, when, when someone looks in the mirror and you ask them, how do you want to be feeling right now? And is that how you're feeling right now? I mean, if those two things are not great and yes, or whatever your answer may be, maybe, you know, it's different for every person. Maybe it's, maybe it's just as simple as I just want to feel like I can function on a daily basis without feeling like I'm going to have a panic attack. Okay, well, then let's look at what's going on. Let's look at how can I get down there with you, set up a system to get us up out of this hole. And then I'm going to hold your hand doing it if you want. And I'm going to hold you accountable to pull yourself up where you need to, because I know you can do it. Well, for those who are interested in getting in touch with you, where can they find you? My website is theyogiyadi.com. And from there, you can find all of my links. There's a little bit about me page. There's some links to a free resource to kind of link you through to Amazon to if you're interested in holistically managing your anxiety. I also have psoriasis. So I deal with autoimmune systems and inflammation that I've been holistically managing for 16 years. And you can find me on Instagram at the Yogi Yadi as well. And yeah, basically the, between those two places, there's direct contact with me. <laughs> well, I, I, again, I want to just thank you for, for taking the time to share all that with us today. And I'm excited. I'm excited to share this conversation. Well, I'm honored to be here Thad. that. Every time we get off the phone, I just feel like I'm buzzing with just, I don't know. I love this stuff. <laughs> Buzzing with yeah, abundance. exactly. Raising the vibration. It's like, I don't know about you. I mean, I hope anyone listening can feel the, the passion that I have for it because that's, this is how we change the world.